listeners this is bob mitch back with another episode of costume station zero we're just going to pick up with part two with my talk with meta heaton and brian little the doctor who monster costume uh extraordinary people hello hello <laughs> um what, what would be uh your your number one tip for um uh, new cosplayers two pieces of advice is uh don't overstretch yourself to begin with in that pick something that you think you can reasonably accomplish, but also you can actually accomplish more than you think simply by breaking the costume into smaller pieces, yeah. meaning that uh, if you look at a costume as a whole, it looks really intimidating, but if you look at just the boots or if you look at how the pants hang together with the shirt, like if you look at each piece individually and analyze them separately... Uh, it's going to be a lot easier than it is if you're just looking at a, on it as a whole. Completely agreed. Unless, of course, the whole thing has to look seamless. Then you're back to, oh, how am I going to make it look seamless? But uh... so was was Mobius one of those? Like, did it have seams in the in the original that you could sort of mimic? Uh, the biggest seam we were aware of was the where it hid the zipper in the back with the giant mane of fur. Well, I mean, keep in mind, once the whole build was done, you know, it's all basically uh, held together with uh, glue and latex. And, um, you know, but piecing it together in terms of, okay, this is the arm piece, this is the chest piece, these are the leg pieces. um, That was all coming, you know, from Paul and his experience building creatures and just taking it, uh, you know, a limited time, basically. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, in Paul's case, those are all skills that he's acquired over the year one by one. Like, you don't just get those in, like, a year. That's the kind of stuff you learn. Yeah, and and, and that's the mistake some people might make is to jump into a a brain of Morbius right away. Yeah. And that's going to just kill it for you, I think. (laughs) Unless you're going for ultra cartoony, in which case you can take a lot of liberty. Just like, I'm going to make it very silly looking. It's going to have, like, a lampshade for a head or something. Mm. You know, unless you're going to do, like, what you did, which was you went ultra realistic. You went for as, as accurate, screen accurate as you could go. And that was pretty, it was pretty good. Yeah, car- cartoony things are more forgiving generally. Yeah, exactly. If you're going for if you're going kind of tongue in cheek on it, people will be like, "Oh, that's awesome! I like that." It totally is very Morbius, even though it's like you know a lampshade head and a, uh, a f- like a, a fur suit that you found at a, at a what do you call it, thrift shop or something like that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, everyone has to start somewhere, and uh, definitely the whole project was improved, shall we say, yeah. by uh, by Paul's uh, input and uh, his vast experience doing that kind of thing. I was totally the student learning as we went, even though, I mean, I had a hand in it, but I needed his guiding force most of the time because, yeah, I, gosh, I mean, just learning how to, like, cut foam correctly uh, mm. was something I wasn't doing all the time, even what little foam construction I was doing, say, for the Cyberman or the Master Sash and so on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Cutting foam is surprisingly hard, yeah. actually. Like, one of the things we actually adopted was a turkey carver for a um, for cutting foam, like, if you're cutting mattress foam, mm-hmm. uh, turkey carver worked amazingly well. Oh, like you just invest in a cheap little twenty nine dollar turkey carver from like a, it has uh, to be a twenty nine dollar. No, it doesn't. No, it, it was just like that's the cheapest item I could find. Okay, uh, no, but I, I went. I literally went to Bed Bath and Beyond. And like, oh, it's a turkey carver. That'll work. And nice. literally, it would cut because the blades are constantly moving. They don't need to be sharp all the time. Because the problem I was experiencing always is you have to buy a lot of box cutter blades to cut through styrofoam mm-hmm. if you're going to shave it down into a shape because it literally dulls the blades so quickly. I mean, you oh, can yeah. use around and use those blades to cut foam board or cardboard or whatever but they will not cut foam once they've lost that super sharp uh, edge but i i would also i think i'd also encourage I mean, if we're still on the question of new customers i'm not I sure don't know I where we are <laughs> <laughs> I, I would encourage people to sort of find their own voice um and not just look at an existing costume you see it on a convention and go that's what i want to make because nobody's going to be happy 
about that, neither you nor the other costumer, most likely. Uh, I mean, I think uh, for a lot of the companion and doctor costuming, that doesn't hold true because there, it's almost like with the slave layers, yeah. where it's like there's only one lay in the movies, but there's a whole army of them at Comic Con. And I think with the doctors, there's a certain charm in the fact that there are 25s running around because that is in the nature of galley. But when it comes to more distinct costumes, I would say fi- find your own voice, find a costume that you think you can pull off where you can perhaps avoid being compared to three other people yeah. for your first costume because you're probably not going to enjoy that. Yeah. And you know, that's funny. That's actually why I did the Sutek because no one had done it <laughs> up to that point until I decided to do it. It's because you've done it now that I'm not going to do it. I'm like, well, it's already been done. The best is probably going to be done. All right, moving on to the next monster. What can we do here? Or, you know. I actually felt kind of bad when, when I heard you say that at Galley. I was like, oh, I didn't realize you liked them as much as I did. Oh, God, are you kidding me? Who, who doesn't like Sutek? Jeez, wow. And there's now nearly 50 years of Doctor Who costumes, so uh, I think hey, we got a few to go around. I say we do a Ice Warrior clan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like, who's going to do an Ice Warrior now? I mean, unless, unless the reboot... The people listening to this podcast? Damn, why am I on a podcast? <laughs> I shouldn't give my information. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Anyway. Uh, no, I, I seriously though. I mean, like you can go back in, like as Meta said, into many, many years and pick uh, like a costume. I mean, I think we've been gravitating more towards the Doctor Who villains just because they're a little more challenging and, and they kind of deal with more of our skill sets. Every once in a while, we'll find something that's like you know interesting. Uh, someone asked, I, told me I should do the uh, the Yeti. Ooh. Mm. I don't know why. I'm not so sure if I'm down with hair. I tried sewing uh, a fursuit. No, it wasn't quite a fursuit. It was a uh, fleece suit, and I broke Meta's uh, sewing machine, and she still doesn't forgive me for that. Oh, I'm forgiving you. You just can't borrow it anymore. Oh, yeah. I have to buy my own sewing machine now. Yeah, the Yeti would be pretty awesome. I know that uh, for a little while uh, we were challenging Scott. Or I should I should say challenge. We were all going to pitch in if it came to it to do the um, Monoptera from the Web Planet. Were those the guys that looked like bees? I'm like the noob on old who. <laughs> yeah, the uh, well, there, yeah, there were the Zarbi and they were the giant ants. Th- those are crazy. We wouldn't do that. But the yeah, Monopoly were like the giant sort of butterfly bees. Kind of oh cool. yay! I got it right. Ooh. Actually, I can thank Radio Free Scarrow for that one because I think they kept pushing me to do it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a charm in that costume, you know. We're like, oh, we we could definitely find a shower curtain that would work for those wings, you know. <laughs> See, in in my case, I'm convinced that any costume they suggest to me is the w- worst costume in the history of the show because why else would they suggest it to what me? Was that one Chris kept telling <laughs> but, you you should do. It was like the re- we saw the phone, we finally um, saw it. Um, we're like, um, oh my goodness, that, that's huge! It's that horse thing that said lizard. Uh, oh, it's a really big one though, right? It starts with an M, I think. Kind of oh, like- oh, the Merca. Yes, yes, that's it. Murka. Murka. I don't know why we couldn't remember that name. <laughs> they, the they were pushing for a year that I should do the Murka, or that we should do, we the, should Murka, do the Murka, as we were two people, and clearly, clearly they, we should do the Murka. Yeah. It is a two-person costume. Yeah, wow, that that is an undertaking right there, the Murka. Oof. But uh, um, I, I was actually going to say that um, in, in terms of picking a character, I think yeah, it just comes down to picking uh, your favorite character, like just flying the colors and and, and just showing your fan love uh and it you know it doesn't matter if there's going to be 18 david Tennant's or you know 20 matt smiths just go out there and do it have fun and get in the spirit of it absolutely because you know hey there's only one doctor but if you want to do something very unique and specific you either can go way out uh like we've done with monsters or you can actually take that doctor and either reinterpret it as oh let's do that lodger variant no one does much or planet of fire which is the vest or uh what a lot of uh girls do with the femme doctors you know and then they yeah. really make yeah. it their own and i one year i was dressed as uh gwen cooper from torchwood mm-hmm. and uh i realized that 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 particular costume costuming was perhaps not for me at galley anyways because uh, one of the other Gwens told me which episode I was from, and I went, "Huh?" Because <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, so, we went for the most, she went for the most Gwen-looking costume she could think of. It was a reinterpretation. Yeah, but she was the only one I'm, I might admit at Galley that had a risen mitten. So, oh, risen also mitten. Also, the only one with the fake tooth gap. Yes, she actually <laughs> went for the fake, fake tooth gap, which I don't think any of those were brave enough to do. No, I, I think it was more a matter of just thinking of it. Oh, that's true. It's all a matter of dialing the details. We saw a girl doing Rose at Comic-Con uh, maybe a year or two ago, and she did do the false teeth to get the overbite. Oh, really? Wow. Nice. 
And uh, yeah, it uh, it really helps sell. Extra it. little mile to kind of make it look perfect. Right? I, I know a customer that shall remain unnamed uh, for her protection. That if she does a male character, will have uh, fake equipment. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's going the extra mile. So that's going maybe two. No, but I yeah, I, I think probably... I think it actually is a matter of. I mean, we we do a horrible job of reenacting characters. Yeah. I think we've established that a long time ago. And Where we, our we acting skills are quite try. bad. Uh, I think in in other people's cases, and especially in in this particular person's case, there's a, a real talent for reenacting the character yeah. that I envy secretly. Uh, and I think sometimes little details like that can really get you into character. And it's going to be little details like that that can actually be make you more convincing. Yeah. And especially if you're showing up at a convention where a lot of people are going to wear the same outfit as you. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll have a certain edge of a of a sort. I yeah I agree. I mean it, you don't have to be acting it I think twenty four seven and and being all method, but I do think there's just uh, a lot to be said for posing uh, well as the character for photos. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm horrible at that. I I like when my costume isn't done until five minutes before I have to go out. Uh, I I never get around to the posing, and so then I see these pictures of myself afterwards, and I go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. And I also don't know if you'd want to even go that method with a with a with a character because it's like and then you'd be known at, at the conventions as that that fan. No, not a, no, not at all. Absolutely not. Depends right. on how far you take it. Maybe I'm crazy. Well, no, I just I was thinking because I mean, there's got to be someone who can take it way too far. You know. Yeah, yeah. I haven't met that person. Yet. I don't know if it's possible, but but we have this whole trend now of, of doing the reverse gender of everything. Yeah, everyone, I, everything's been reverse gender now, except for the Daleks. For years, <laughs> I tried to get Brian to do uh, a male Harry Leela, and uh, I think the, we missed the boat. The, the, yeah, the boat has, has sailed, sailed on that one because there's been a lot of male companions with beards at Yelly. Really, I've only caught like uh, a handful of um, male roses in Sarah Jane's. Two male aces last year, at least two. And there was two. Uh, someone has done. What was the other one that you saw? There was there was that really bearded Sarah Jane. That was really well done, actually. I mean that. Oh, and at Comic Con this year, I know there was some. There was a lot of male slave layers. Slave layers, which uh, was unusual. Particularly, like, what? particularly <laughs> with with not. My favorite was the really hairy one. That yes, one just, really hairy, or it, or with the big beer gut, or you know. It's become a thing now. I, there's got to be a name for this. It's got to be a genre of costuming. Yes. It's like a, it's like a subgenre. Well, it's basically crossplay, but gone the other way, right? I guess reverse cosplay. It needs its own name now. It's it's gone have... to the point where it's it's a thing at a convention now, where there's the crossplay, which is just like no, but we have femi. We have femi, femi doctors. Yes, femi doctors. It, that is a doctor that doesn't that's played by female that doesn't wear the male costume yeah. there's a female representation of that costume so it's a male version of that but we it needs a better it needs a name like femi i know like, it doesn't work if it's only like, we could think on our feet yeah, he manized what what do you want to do here he's got i think he's kind of onto it but i don't know if it's quite there it's almost like hmm i'll have to think about this but yeah it, it's Freeze, a sen- huh? musky rose musky no no, musky. no. <laughs> no, no. that's that's horrible <laughs> We're trying to stay away from the whole inappropriateness of it. It's it's actually not that bad of a of a, of a genre. It's 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 almost kind of like was I saying that it was? No, no, no. You're kidding, <laughs> that kind of implies it's not. Um, my, I think my thing is it's like uh, just naturally we uh, as as a costuming uh, community we kind of named uh, the female cosplay, but we haven't done it for the males yet because yeah. it's just starting. That's to what we've been almost. saying for the no, last five minutes. My point is, there's got to be someone out there who. A better phrase yes, than us. listeners. Uh, do we have an award? <laughs> <laughs> you two can write in and put down what your idea of what this male version of crossplay is. You remaining loose ood tentacles, one of the nicer uh, pieces we have. I'm putting that on the line if you can come up with a winning suggestion. Yes, we will mail the tentacle to you if, if we can come up with a winner. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, the gates are open, and when this gets posted, we'll see what comes in. Meta brings this up, and I think it's good to talk about. So, uh, you know, especially for uh, costumers of our generation, cosplay versus costuming. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts? Oh dear. Oh boy. You you hit the nugget right there. <laughs> I mean, back when I started, which was 1995. Um, there, there was no cosplayer term, as yeah. far as I was aware, at least at, co- at conventions I went to. And sort of gradually it snuck in, and, and the meaning as we understood it when it started coming 
was uh, someone who acts out the character but might, might not necessarily build the costume. And costumer meant someone who builds the costume but might not necessarily act out Just the character. Just wears the costume. And so somewhere along the way in the 2000s, um, costumer kind of became the old people's term. Yeah. And cosplayer meant, for, for the younger generation, meant both things. Yeah, it kind of became you, the all-encompassing You built word. them or you wore them or you did both. Yeah. Or, um, and so I think if you ask an older costumer if they're a cosplayer, they might cringe. And, yeah. and some, sometimes me included. I kind of feel like we're the curmudgeons of the costume. <laughs> you know? just, oh, don't call us cosplayers. Oh, I, God. I, I get so confused every time anyone calls me that. I'm like, I can't I, act. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, even though I should know better. But so, yeah, I think there's just a real generational gap, whereas as we're the old farts now, I guess, because the younger uh, generation doesn't have this problem. Yeah, it's very true. I, it has become sort of the standard, you know, go-to uh, uh, slang word, I guess, or terminology for it, and I've just had to kind of accept that. I, I think it's, I, I think a lot of it to me felt like it. Which emphasis was it? Was it yeah. the month or two I spent before the convention sweating on my kitchen floor? Was that what I emphasized, or was it the uh, one day at the convention where I wore the thing and ran around and had fun? But I think also the word play was sort of like taking away from the self-importance of the costume. What's self-importance? <laughs> I don't remember that. I am going to spend two months so that I look good oh. for five hours. I think it's also more of the fact, <laughs> it's also more of the fact that you're like, I've made this costume to look good, not act in. I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of different. These but days. I, I had at least one galley where I, someone came up and acted towards my character as they felt their character would. And I just kind of stood there and looked at them and then sort of turned around and walked away because I just did not know what to do. And I've tried it once. It's just not for me, man. Yeah, I, I'm actually trying to remember the first time I heard the term. I understand it It sort of came to prominence in the late 90s and came from anime. Mm. Yeah, but... I think you're right. Because I, I believe when I was going to Fanime early uh, 98, mm -hmm. I remember that word cropping up, and I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, it kind of sounds like it's like you're you're a professionally paid costumer. Like you you're paid to show up and act a part. That's kind of what I thought it to mean back then. And then over time, I heard it applied to people wearing costumes, and I was like, well, that's weird. Now, I, 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 one of my friends once explained this to me, though, where it came from was I believe, and I could have this wrong, I believe it was a Japanese fan who came to the U.S. and saw the costumes and uh, went home and described it to his uh, fellow Japanese fans. And then the U.S. re-imported the term from Japan. Yeah. So it was actually a description about the Americans uh, re-imported into American culture. Yeah. That was my understanding of it. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I remember reading that, but I personally didn't start seriously hearing the term until the early to mid 2000s and even then it was mostly for anime costumes it didn't it didn't seem to fully bleed over into yeah. the superhero and, and doctor who stuff i was doing until 05 at least around me but i i think it's because that sort of re-import of the japanese description would have made more sense in the anime crowd so yeah. maybe maybe that is the true story well, well here's a question for you bob yeah. what do you consider yourself costumer or cosplayer um, I mean, now I've just wholeheartedly accepted the term cosplayer because that's what everybody uses. And, you know, if I, it's like uh, Scott even says, are you a Trekkie or a Trekker? And uh, at the end of the day, it's like, look, I like Star Trek, man. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's that kind of thing where I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll cop to it. I'll go with it. But, you know, I do prefer the term costumer. I feel like that's more of what I do. But then again, I do get just as much enjoyment out of wearing it and trying to play the character and so on than putting the costume together and oh we, we, we enjoy we enjoy wearing it don't get me wrong mm -hmm. it's just uh stop trying think, to label me man i mean a, f a few <laughs> costumes will sort of take you over and just make yeah. you act the character no matter what you do oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh i think my favorite moment at galley was uh one of the british podcasters who's fairly sarcastic and keeps teasing me all the time mm -hmm. for some reason was absolutely terrified of the oud so all I had to do was walk slowly towards him, sort of cock my head and hold my ball out. That sounded so wrong. <laughs> but, uh, 
<laughs> but all I had to do was that, and he would just run away, and he would run away from me backwards because he didn't actually want to not see where I was going because that was going to be a problem apparently. Uh, so uh, we at one point were making laps around one of our mutual friends, yeah. me walking forward and him walking backwards. It was pretty funny. There's video footage of that. So sometimes the costume just is it's gonna it's gonna make stuff happen. I admire people in, to some degree who can do it 24/7 mm-hmm. because I have friends that won't even break out a character to talk to me when I'm asking them a direct question <laughs> about something in their real lives. I think but that comes back to we should all play to our strengths. Now, would you guys say you have a favorite convention that you like to go to with these costumes? Galley. Galley. Galley's our new favorite co- uh, convention. I, I, I hate to say it, but it is. It has been one of those ones where a lot of our local Bay Area ones have kind of been changing and, and not for the better, I would say. Galley is crazy friendly. Um, Super I, awesome. I, it's almost like I'm a better person half a week a year when I'm at Galley. I don't know. And the funny thing is we keep we, – we, we, last year we tried stop, stop, to stop promoting it because we know it keeps – Growing by such leaps and bounds, it doesn't oh, yeah. any self publicity now because it's kind of becoming this snowball that can't be stopped, and we're going to need a bigger hotel at some point soon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Galley is ready to make that leap to another venue yet. I mean, it will lose a little of its charm as it will. It's bigger and bigger, and yeah. and um, but for right now, it's one of the most awesome conventions I, I go to. Yeah, uh, you know, I have a I have a friend who uh, I, I kind of you know between him and his son have gotten him into Doctor Who. He used to really, really be anti anti Doctor Who, and now he's really into it. But part of what I think swayed him is when uh, we went to Gallifrey in two thousand eight, and he I could tell was just having a blast. And he was often saying, you know, this is what conventions like used to be like when I was you know going as a kid. You know, that that immense. Um, fan love of bringing people in and just hey we're all into this show all for one and one for all kind of thing yeah. you know I have to agree with what Meta said the, the the love that we felt the first year we were there oh my goodness we wanted to come back immediately when it was over we're like <clears throat> oh my god we're still getting our ticket now because <laughs> because people it was the first convention we'd ever been to where people welcomed us just just random people we had never talked to yet mm-hmm. just came up to us. And said, "Oh, hey, is this your first time in Galley?" You're like, "Yeah." Like, they're all welcome to Galley, and they shake our hand, and they then they ask us if we, is there anything we wanted to know about. Like, you know, I think at one point I was asking <laughs> where where autographs are, and they and they took us over to the area and showed us. It was like I had never experienced that before at a convention where it was just like this open armed love, you know, like, "Oh, you're you're a Doctor Who fan? Oh, please come over here and talk to us." <laughs> Well, I, I think it's also from the fact that for many years, you know, uh, Doctor Who fans kind of, we were, we were kind of under the radar, we, you know, and now finally we can just wear it on our sleeves. And Another cool thing, and one thing that I was really afraid of was, I, I was like your friend, I was really not into Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and I didn't start watching until the new series. And so the first galley I went to, I was kind of terrified that all these old time Who fans or Whovians were going to make fun of me because I hadn't seen some episode and so it came up the first evening, and I said, oh, I haven't watched any old Who. And they go, oh, no, that's okay. Let me explain the plot to you. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. It's not actually until the, the more recent years when, when there's been a huge influx of new people that there's been a little bit of teasing over, oh, you haven't seen that episode. It's still, it's still a really friendly place. Completely, yeah. I mean, if you go alone and you don't know anybody, you're walking away with at least five new friends, I'd say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or at least every day anyways, because there's just so <laughs> many people now. It's, it's a ridiculous how many people are there. It is true, and it all kind of goes by in a blur. Uh, I, I feel like you're kind of running around nonstop, but it, it does, it's all awesome. It's like part convention, part party, really. You know. Well, our our mm. biggest problem that we've experienced at Galley is that every time we go, we have more friends and less time to spend with those friends. It's like, because every year we're going to meet new people, and it's just becoming this thing where it's like you can't hang out with all of them. It's, it's weird. You, you know, I'm. I mean, I would agree with you. Gallifrey is is probably my favorite uh, current convention as well. Now, part of that is also influenced by my massive love for Doctor Who. But my previous favorite convention, um, overlapping with my early days of Gallifrey, was San Diego Comic Con before it totally exploded. Yeah, mm-hmm. it became insane. I would say between like 2001 and 2005, it was that was definitely my my go to con. I I think the media uh, is what caused that place to explode. It's like ever since like. The, the TV slash movie kind of became the new uh, genre. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of enlarged that place See, immensely. Ca- Comic-Con is one of those where we meant to go. Yeah, you're And then 
we tried to go one year and couldn't even get a hotel, and or then we just kind of went, meh. So we've never actually been. Yeah, never. Never actually been to Comic-Con. No. no. The closest we got is WonderCon when it was over here. And, and now, right. I'm, maybe I have a, a highly unrealistic view of it, but it just looks like uh, a lot of standing in line and not actually experiencing a whole lot of things. Yeah, it can be that. I, I would say just it's all a matter of planning out exactly what you want to do, prioritizing. <laughs> That's the thing I always suspected about it, though. You really can't get it. <laughs> We're sort of like sour grapes over here. It's yeah. like, yeah, I bet it's not any no, good. No, but you have to play the game. Through Facebook this year, we realized, you know what, we get, we're getting the more awesome uh, aspect because we're seeing all the things everyone else is seeing all together. We're like, oh my god, I can't believe all this stuff's going on at once, and they're getting to see it. And if you were to go there yourself, you'd only get to see like maybe two of those things, and you're like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. Be- I'm getting to see all the different events people are going to. I saw someone got to see the giant uh, Optimus Prime. I was like, oh my god, I would have loved to have seen that. Like, or I'd like to have gone into that panel. Or like, There's no way you can do all of that stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. But as multiple people across Facebook, you can see it all. <laughs> no, that is the best way. No, you're absolutely right. That's the best way to experience the panels, I find. I don't have it in me anymore to sit outside and wait for four or eight or hours or overnight. I couldn't I, do it for the Doctor Who panel. I, I made it to like maybe two panels at Galley this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm not exactly doing that much better there either because yeah. I'm just running around, running around. Well, that's part of it too as a cosplayer. I mean, you're you're going to be, I'm sorry, customer for us. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I, I, I can take it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that is part of what you have to uh, just sort of accept with that role is that, hey, you know what? You're going to be on the floor. You're going to be interacting with fans. You're going to be taking a lot of photos. Uh, you might be dealing with, uh, you know, last minute uh, uh, snap or stitch errors or fixes or whatnot. But you're hardly going to have time to do the traditional stuff when you're not in a costume of shopping or going into a panel. And I mean, th- this year I did a stupid in that I, I actually had two different costumes that each required about an hour and a half to two hours of makeup each. So I missed a lot of the conventions. I think I'm going to reevaluate that ball. You also missed that much if you took a masquerade because that's about how much prep time yeah. you have in waiting for a masquerade. But then I'd have to prep and then sit in the green room. Yeah. So. So, so, I mean, even a masquerade takes time out of your, your convention to just, you know, be a part of that. Of course, I know already kind of what you're going to say, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> what, what are you working on right now? Oh, you had to ask that question. Uh, <laughs> We can't be friends anymore, Bob. Sorry. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, some people love to post their whole progression online and yeah. uh, <clears throat> get, hey, no, I'm not criticizing. Uh, <laughs> and, and get feedback. And, you know, I understand that I'm guessing a lot of fun. Yeah. We're like obsessed with the fact that no one should know what we are until we step out. It's also we can be slightly paranoid. We're extremely know. paranoid, I think. <laughs> I think it comes back to I don't want anyone I don't want to be the lady showing up in the same dress as someone else. I, I'm somehow convinced that if I tell anyone what I'm doing, yeah. somehow somehow someone's gonna beat me to it. Maybe you just want to be criticized while we're doing this. <laughs> like no, you're doing it wrong. I don't know. We, we I think we like the, the bit of the, the, the one bit of drama we can manage which is to uh surprise people. Yeah. Okay. So let me just narrow this down for what we can know. You are working on something. Yes. Well, that's the plan, anyways. <laughs> that's the plan. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. I, I, I will. I will, com- I will commit to this. There is an idea. <laughs> no, we can commit to that, anyways. <laughs> no. The the sad fact about us is that we're horrible procrastinators. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Every year we say, "Oh, we're going to need to start like four months in advance." Yeah. And every year we start about six, four to six weeks before the convention. Yeah, always. And then oh, the last week there is no sleep and uh, occasionally crying. Yeah. We, we, we promise this year we will try and think about starting earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so, so actually, in theory, until the costume is started, uh, th- there isn't technically it's a costume. So I think at this point we can say there isn't actually a costume yet. I've gone back and forth on that where I've had some costumes that I spent you know, uh, a, a solid three, four-month prep time on, whether that's you know, research or actually starting to uh, commission certain things and find certain things and sew certain things and dyeing fabrics and whatnot. And sometimes those are great. And I've had a few times where, hey, my costume's done like two weeks ahead of time. Awesome. What? And then I've what? Fe- I know. <laughs> We've had that. What's that? <laughs> what is that like? But the flip side is I've had other times too where, I mean, whether I started four months in advance or scrambled two weeks ahead of time, 
I'm still, you know, putting something, I'm still gluing something together, you know, the night before, uh, hastily. That's and the true cry of the uh, costuming maniac is the, oh my god, I'm still building it in the in the hotel room. Yes, <laughs> yes. I don't think I've ever been quite that bad, though. I did Really? Res- That's what no, we that, normally do. Isn't that, isn't that the normal thing? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I thought this was normal. So, anyway. so, so uh, there's been uh, I I've gotten pretty good at finishing before we leave now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, every time I will go back to the hotel room like Friday night while I'm having some drinks and uh, laugh at Brian while he's painting something. Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I always get I always got a little further behind than I mean to, and uh, I'm always at least assembling something. Like yeah, I don't know if you you know the one you were mentioning earlier the um, the Rebel Flesh costumes we did. Yeah. If you look at the photos uh, of our costume, you'll notice I'm always trying to hide my left hand because <laughs> it's actually just hot glued to the glove, the the, the top <laughs> covering. No. It was just cut out and then glued to no, the glove. It wasn't it's, sewn in. It's worse than that. Oh yeah. He, he made some poor man sit in his room and sew on one he of the asked if he glove could help. covers. I didn't force him to. I wasn't like, you must do this. <laughs> and this poor man was in the masquerade, and at some point around 5, 5.30 said, I really have to go now because I have to go to the green room. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he offered. I didn't, I didn't force him to. He wanted to help me out. Do you remember his name? I'm, I'm really being oh, horrible gosh. with names right, right now. Actually, no, Bob would Bob, know. You, you know who this is, the Cyberman. We want uh, to get Oh, Ma- Malachi. Yes. Malachi. Yes, his name, yes, Malachi. Thank yes. you, Malachi. Yeah, Malachi helped me. Without out. you, uh, Brian would have had one glove, and he would have had to hold both hands behind his <laughs> <laughs> Malachi's a great guy, but he is always stuck in a hotel room working on a costume. I mean, whether it's his or Christina's or uh, somebody's, it's always somebody hot gluing or sewing or something, and he's not enjoying the con. But you know what? I think there's a certain level of enjoyment in that too, and yeah, I hope I we he, didn't rob him it. of too much of the time. Well, because and the other thing was he offered to help. I think he really secretly he's like us. He wants to work on something, even if it's last minute. I think. <laughs> so I didn't actually ask him. He just he, uh, Malachi just offered to help, and I'm sitting there going like, "You could actually be relaxing in the green room right now, just just doing whatever, not even stressing." And nope, he wanted to help me out. But yeah. uh, thank, thank you, much, you, Malachi. Thank you. <laughs> um, so to sum up. You have an idea of maybe a plan to work on something for Gallifrey. I assume it is Doctor Who universe related. We can, we can, we can agree that it's a, it's a plan for it something is, Doctor it Who. It is Doctor Who related. <laughs> there will probably be a costume. We have not, not failed yet on that one, although we got close. Yeah. Actually, one of the things I wanted to build, if I could actually fit it in the house, I've been considering doing a uh, Rodimus Prime. <sighs> wow. But that transforms. Because uh, wow. I've seen people do transforming costumes, but no one's done a Rodimus Prime yet, and I think I can do a really stellar one. Wow, you just brought me back to being nine years old. Oh I my know, gosh! Right? I, I I felt that way when I just recently rewatched the entire season of Trans or the entire four seasons of Transformers. I was like, oh, <laughs> wow. I had I had my last total nine year old moment, by the way, in costume. Oh yeah, uh, we were at WonderCon, and uh, Ernie oh, yeah. Ernie Hudson was there. And I was like walking down the fan or the uh, autograph table aisle and like not paying attention, just sort of like, I don't want any of these autographs, neener, neener. And then I like turn <laughs> and I totally had the like <laughs> moment <laughs> and he totally saw me do it. So now I had to go get an autograph, except I was actually in a syndrome outfit from The Incredibles. Nice. Made the whole thing sort of rather surreal. So uh, syndrome had a total like freak out when. She saw Ernie Hudson. <laughs> it was your nine-year-old uh, nerd guest. I, I, was, I was the totally awesome supervillain until I saw Ernie Hudson. <laughs> now, because the level uh, or the what I call jaw-dropping impressiveness of these costumes uh, is so great, have you guys had any really um, stellar moments with either celebrities or, or even kids, actually, like freaking out about them? Um, you know, the one moment I regret was the first year when we brought Cassandra and we went to the uh, photography with the guests, and we brought Cassandra because the guy who played Chip, who was uh, Cassandra's attendee in the second episode she was in, was there. Mm-hmm. So we were we were in costume with with the prop, and we were so focused on getting this uh, picture with Chip that I totally didn't fully register that um, Sophia Aldred, total fangirl, like in the awesomest possible way. Oh. Was like gushing over our costume. And I totally like failed to have any sort of response past yes, we made it. That's <laughs> my could, saddest moment of gallery. Hear her or were you just so focused on our I, goal? A, a, I was such a new series fan at that point only 
and B, I don't think I fully understood at that point how awesome she is. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's one of those, I've been kicking myself for, for what is it now, four years mm-hmm. that I didn't have a freaking conversation with her about yeah. it. So, Well, she will be back. You know, you'll get another shot. Yeah. But uh, the guy who played Chip, uh, Sean, oh, I should know this. Uh, anyways, he was awesome. He actually started getting into character in the shot. Mm-hmm. And the photographers were complaining that he was cocking his head, but he was well, doing I that, know, of he's course, doing, he's because in he was in character. <laughs> they, they shooed all the other actors, including Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred, out of the couch so that he could have a picture taken with, uh, with Cassandra. And while he was moisturizing her. Because he never actually awesome. saw Cassandra in reality because he was staring at an empty frame. Well, he had the CGI version. Yeah, he had the CGI version. Uh, so, a uh, typical question, um, and it's like choosing your children, but name your favorite costume you've done. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what did you say about her? I, I, oh, yeah, how about on the count of three, we each say what it is. I don't even know what it is yet. Hold on. All right, on the count of three. Okay. One, two, three. Le- Star Wars Legos. Okay, oh, good. I was, was going to start saying Lego Star Wars, but okay. High five. Yay. We both think the same thing. No, but I'm dyslexic, so I said it backwards. <laughs> I don't know. It was just so silly and fun. Uh, we did it at the WonderCon Mass Parade, and we announced mm-hmm. it as just Qui-Gon Jinn and Darth Maul. That was the two characters we were. And, and we went with the really pretentious battle music. Yeah, and we started with that operatic music from Phantom Menace, and then we came out to the disco Star Wars, and... Uh, I just loved how that went completely silly. And before we stepped out on stage, people were actually booing in the audience because <laughs> uh-huh. there had been so many Star so many Wars Darth costumes Maul's. in past years that they didn't want to see anymore. Yeah, like like two years previous, there had just been a Darth Maul and, and so Gun Jin, but they were doing the actual costumes. And yeah, they did so we, we did a, a really useless lightsaber duel between two Lego characters, and <laughs> it was awesome. Um, all right, I've been talking to you guys' ear off, and I think it's a good place to wrap up. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners out there? Um, please show up at a convention near us, or you, or both, uh, in a costume. Because, <laughs> you know, the more costumers at a convention, the awesomer it tends to be. Yes. So we want to see your stuff. Exactly. Like, we are a stronger community with more costumes. Absolutely. And we can only learn by sharing each other's craft. Yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing is we're, uh, we're, we are approachable. You may come up to us as, as long as we're not in the middle of doing a panel. Uh, you may ask or us Or in questions. a green room. Yeah, or in a green room. Never <laughs> approach them in a green room. <laughs> yeah, I, I learned that firsthand. Don't approach you during the green room. <laughs> You're getting punched by a nude. That's just that's not, that's not right. But it's a great story for Gally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there's always some interesting stories, but I didn't think that was going to be one of them. Have you, have you guys uh, done a lot of uh, drinking in costume? Oh, yes. yes. That's that's the thing I've been trying to avoid just because <laughs> it, we didn't really want to touch upon Advice, that too much. Do not make white costumes if you're not going to drink white liquids. Exactly. <laughs> or like, clear liquids. Like clear liquids if you're going to drink, yeah, wear white costumes. <laughs> uh, that's definitely some good advice there. Um, yeah, we, we tend to have to avoid, like when we were in the Vashonorado, we couldn't drink anything colored. Yeah, right. I think it actually started back when I was a Trekkie because, uh, yes, I will take a stance on that term. <laughs> uh, it was because the, the ears were so itchy that when you were at a convention from like 8 in the morning getting up and, and, and getting into makeup and then getting home at maybe midnight 1, 2, the ears would drive me crazy. And actually what I found out was the alcohol would sort of tone down the itchiness. So uh, from then on... Self-medication. Part, no, the party floor became sort of a given at every convention. And there's not much much of one at Galley, but there's the lobby instead. Right, right, yeah. No, no, the lobby con is sort of legendary on its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I have to, by the way, say that when I ran into you guys on Thursday dressed as the young ones, that was, like, awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That, that was something we wanted to do just for fun. That, that was, was just... the first time we've shown up in any other costume because it just felt so wrong. But we had done uh, a young ones for Halloween, but we did a zombie young ones. Yeah, we did. We did them as the undead. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> or was that the year after? No, that was the, no, that that was was the Halloween that year. Yeah. we went to the Phenomenon show. So it was one of those, oh, it'll be fun. And we actually got some of the Brits to squeeze, so that was kind of fun. Yeah, oh, some of the, Brit- the Brits were just like, when they saw that, they just lost it. Like, I, th- I think I might do alternate British costume night on Thursdays now, because that yeah. was kind of fun. That is a lot of fun. Actually, uh, Ewan and Scott and I are all discussing some, uh, some different British... Um, 
you know, genre-esque or comedy shows that you don't see very much. It's like a nice small uh, three to four some kind of a group, and I know huh. that... Uh, um, shoot, what were we thinking? The IT crowd is is up on. Oh, our list. that's a good one. That's a good one. But see, stuff like that should be like on a, like a Thursday night. Like yep. you just show up yep. and really simple. It's the chill you know, night. It's just like chill night. You just you don't even have to be. Like it just be something like you said, like like the IT crowd, or you could dress as the guys from uh, Space or something. Oh, yeah. You know, just just something British that's quirky. I know exactly what I'm wearing for Thursday. Okay, don't tell anyone. <laughs> I would I would love to do uh, the Black Adder cast from Black Adder oh, Three. Yes. Oh yes, yes. See awesome. Black Adder all any of the seasons would be perfect for that mm -hmm. and uh although the one that's more involved that we keep talking about but it's 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 the oh god the makeup and some of the casting involved in that it's not the costuming costume we're like oh yeah okay we can do that it's that? it's the red dwarf crew oh yes nice and because oh. we've never seen a full crew i've seen a lister a rimmer here and there yeah. but i've never seen everyone i've never oh, seen okay. the full crew i, I think they say what i was gonna say what? what no i was thinking about doing the uh Crichton. Thinking about doing it out of silicon, like making a silicon. No, head. you do not want to make that out of silicon. Yeah, I do. No, no, you don't. Foam inside. No, no, the reason you don't want to do it is because his head is really uh, opaque, and silicon yeah, you yeah. use because you want something translucent. Yeah, too. Uh -huh. yeah, maybe I want to do some different material. I could probably pull it off some way, but yeah, I mean, I'd like to do it in a two-piece. Sil silicon mimics uh, human skin really well, but right. what they did was was foam latex, well, and so you want that really crappy looking. Yeah. So the, the more skin tone white to you it. put into the silicone, no, uh, it, it's, it no, you still, that, you still uh, don't get that look. Opaque. You still don't get that look. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can't get it to look as solid. She's right. I can't get it to solid unless I were to airbrush the entire thing on the outside with. No, then it would be shiny. Oh, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's so many things you have to consider when dealing with uh, chemistry. Uh, Sorry for nerding out there. Um, I would like to do it. You know, it's not a difficult sculpt for the record. Although I would rather wear the Rimmer costume myself. Mm -hmm. uh, not the ace one, but the actual rumor. Now, like, which season? Because we were leaning to like the season four or five look. I kind of like the retarded red jacket myself. Yeah, yeah the, the red outfit from Although, season five, right? Everyone's done the, the jumpsuit one. I have a friend that actually goes to Galley yes. who uh, about oh, over ten years ago did a spectacular in-character uh, female rumor. Oh, and gosh, she was terrifying. I have not run away from anyone hit, hitting on me at a con ever before or after. But she after. was doing it in character. She was. She had that creepiness that female rumor does. Oh, oh, I see the female parallel universe rumor. Oh, yeah. he really made sure I was wearing sock suspenders. <laughs> oh, that's great. That, like they, that creepy level of just. I, oh my goodness. Now, every time I mention this, she keeps chickening out and saying that that she can't fit into the pants anymore. But this has got to happen. It's got to happen. She's so good in that costume, and she's got it, the costume nailed down. It was just perfect. Now, but some some of the Brits that I'd never met before, like, got a really fun intro to the. To the con, the I con think. Seeing the what, our costumes, the, I don't think they expected the young, young ones. <laughs> they didn't expect the young ones to show up. <laughs> so I think that would actually be a real hit. Yeah. I think that like I do the things I do because I'm insane and this is just my altered reality. But I think it's funny that people actually want to congratulate me for this stuff. I'm just like, this is just what I do as a hobby. <laughs> Well, what you oh. do is really fabulous and usually far above the call of duty from what most people do. I appreciate that. I mean, you, you, yeah, I would say your, um, your costume this year was, was up there, man. That, that was stellar. Uh, no, I appreciate that. Granted, you know, you're really praising yeah. Paul, not me. I was there for the ride and happy to lend what I could to it. But, you know, sure. without his expertise, forget it. You've learned... Uh, I'm guessing some pretty, you know, up there techniques, like stuff that kind of you jumped ahead a little bit on that kind of techniques. Completely. I completely did. I... So, yeah, no, it, it was. It was cool. But, you know, I've enjoyed doing the, the monsters, like the Cyberman and the, and the Vok robot, and uh, I have a deep love of doing the Doctors. Uh, you know, what Meta had said about a costume, I had uh, <laughs> said about putting you in a character, well, I remember, you know, I'm so used to doing usually the fourth or seventh Doctor. I know them like the back of my hand. But when I do another Doctor, it's always a bit of an adjustment period. Yeah. And the only one I never had to do that with was the one time I did the sixth Doctor. That costume just put me in another zone where I'm like, yeah, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, that's it's cool. What is it like? Uh, and this is me just going, oh, I hate getting older. But uh, a comparison would be, I remember going to a day at Disneyland. I'd be on my feet all day, running around, hitting rides three times. Mm. Not a problem. I'm I'm good to go. Let's let's go get Denny's. 
and I go to Disneyland now, or I go to Comic-Con now, compared to when I first went mm-hmm. like, 11 years ago, and within four hours, my feet are killing me. I got to sit down. I got to take a rest. And by the end of the weekend, man, I feel like I've been through a war zone because my legs and my feet are just all like, yeah, like messed up in my back. It's it's like, where does that come from? I'm just you like, might want to. Con- and I, I don't know if you noticed, but this year at Galley, I didn't sit at all. Oh, I didn't notice. Because because of the, the back problem. So yeah. I was, I think Saturday, I, I figured out that I was up from. Eight in the morning till three in the morning on your feet on my feet the whole time. I didn't even lay if, down. If she'd only known ahead of time that that was going to eventually cause uh, her foot problem, yeah. uh, we would have gotten her the so, special shoes she's wearing now. She's got like special art. Yeah, that would have looked great on the on the uh, ganger. That's how it's felt about WonderCon though, and just walking around all day at WonderCon, and that's like you're inside the dealers room most of the day, and you're like, oh, my feet are killing me. I want to go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then when you decide to go, it still yep. takes you forever to get to the car because everyone's stopping you for a photo. Oh, I know. And you got wearing a costume. I mean, yeah, you're gonna get stopped easily. So you got to look like happy and cool for those moments. Like, <laughs> yeah. yes, my feet aren't bothering me. Yes, uh, and yeah. Have you, have you ever had a flip up moment at at, a, at at someone with a camera because you just couldn't take it anymore? I've never flipped out, but what I tend to do is sort of a cold pretend I didn't hear them walk away kind of thing, uh, which is. Okay. Which is really great when you're wearing a robot costume. Because <laughs> people can't tell if you've heard I, them or not. I yes. think I've done that. Too. Yeah, we had to do that. We did that spy versus spy when we were on the dealer's room once. We had to. We were literally trying to get out so Meta could smoke, and people kept calling behind us. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that, so Meta can smoke. No, I, she's gonna get very crazy. I, I think I had one of those like early on at a Star Trek convention when this guy was just snapping pictures of me. And I just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> I had one of those, like, please stop taking photos of me. And then, uh, yeah, he wasn't very nice to me because apparently uh, it, I have no right to not have my picture taken if I'm in costume. <laughs> <laughs> apparently not. Uh, before we sign off, is there anything you guys want to plug? Um, we would plug our website if we had managed to finish it. (laughs) But we've been too busy costuming. So, no. Uh, Just be happy in costumes. (laughs) (laughs) I promise to put the link up uh, of their website in this post uh, once they feel it is ready to be seen by the public, right? Sure. Okay. We don't have anything we could plug. No, it's not. Mm -mm. (laughs) We could plug conventions in general. Just, you know. Conventions are great. Yes. We we will endorse <laughs> conventions, yes. Gallifrey One and WonderCon and things like that. Oh, yeah, you can, uh, you, no, anything. Yeah, just anything, like anything. You Vacuum do, just, cleaner conventions. If you're, if you're a, <laughs> no, no, no. I think we're sort of. I think what we're trying to say is, if you're a fan of anything, fandom wise, that's no. Go out like, and fly, go out and, go out, go out and fly your uh, freak flag high, because yep. uh, that's how we find each other and and get to have yep. crazy, interesting discussions with yeah. each other, like the one we're having with like, Bob I, right now. Yeah, like I wish I had I had, I'd gone out and found out like back when Doctor Who was on. And I was watching it when I was a kid. I wish I had known there was other people out there that liked it because I probably would have gotten more into the fandom early on. Oh, but yeah. As it was, I didn't know, and I was always felt bad for liking Doctor Who because people used to tease me about it, so I wouldn't talk about it. So it wasn't until much, much later in my life. Ah, the common story of the American Doctor Who fans, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why, why were we treated so badly for liking Doctor Who? And now everyone loves it. I think it honestly boils down to the fact that, uh, you know, Stephen Prescott says that Doctor Who fans were the bottom rung of the fandom barrel, which kind of was true, depending on where you were, but I I do know that it just boiled down to the fact that not only was it sci-fi, which already puts you in the the label of geek, right, but it was hard to defend sci-fi to those who didn't like sci-fi. I mean, it just, it looked cheap, you know, it was British, it was strange, it wasn't like Star Trek or Star Wars that was all slick. So it became your dirty little secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but I couldn't. I couldn't even explain it to people who like Star Trek and Star Wars. It was kind of like you couldn't quite capture them in the way that they were captured by that. It was. It wasn't epic enough for them or grandiose enough, and it just was like you know. Oh well. <laughs> I, I, on the other hand, lived in the Doctor Who version of Siberia because I lived in Sweden where we didn't have Doctor Who on television, and there was no such thing as a convention. So you got <laughs> happy. Yes. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Crazy. Um, all right, then. Uh, well, just as a little side note, if uh, anyone wants to uh, check out some of Meta's costumes or her writing on uh, yipezine.com, uh, I-, I know there hasn't been a lot of updates, but at least it is still there for the reading for anyone interested. Quite a few episodes. Uh, 
issues. Issues, sorry. <laughs> Quite a few issues. <laughs> we also call them. Um, I, I, you can occasionally find me in other fan scenes here and there, not always costume related. Uh, but uh, if you look around the interwebs, you might find some. There you Love go. It. Well, uh, Brian and Matt, uh, thank you very much for being on. No thank, thank, thank you, you. so Thanks much for, for having us. us. And uh, thank you for actually starting a costuming slash cosplay uh, podcast because the world needs it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah as, as are those yet, are there? <laughs> um, just Bob. <laughs> what? No, point. I know. You filled a niche. <laughs> I'm, I'm fulfilling an itch? No, a niche. Sorry. Whoa. What <laughs> that sounded really bad. Just mic on. <laughs> no. He's saying you're filling a niche. So Bob Mitch fills a niche. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's good to see you again, Bob. <laughs> good talking to you guys, yeah. Mm. Oh, boy. And that's where we wrap things up for this episode. Thanks again to Meta and Brian for sticking around and talking Doctor Who costumes and conventions. Um, you can find out more on CostumeStationZero.com if you have any questions, comments, ideas, or just general thoughts. Send them my way and I'll get right back to you. Thanks a lot. I'll be back here next time with Mr. Ron Daniels, and we're going to be talking about props and sonic screwdrivers and the Eighth Doctor. So be here, and we'll catch you later on the next Costume Station Zero. (laughs) 